Every Hebrew month has a different attribute that applies to the month as well as us on a very personal and applicable level. The Hebrew letter for the month of Sivan is the letter Zion. The numerical value of the letter Zion is the number seven. The Torah was given to us on the seventh day of the week, which was Shabbos, on the seventh day of the month of Sivan. The Shevet, the tribe for the month of Sivan, is Shevet Zvulon. It's actually the only Shevet that has the letter Zion in it. Zion is seven. The letter Zion is actually above wearing a crown. Every single neshama, every soul that was at Har Sinai receiving the Torah received a crown, a heavenly crown. The Hebrew word for crown is keser. The numerical value of the word keser is 620. The letters of the Ten Commandments equal 620 letters. Moshe Rabbeinu was born and passed away on the seventh day of Adar. David HaMelech, King David, passed away at the age of 70 on a Shabbos, the seventh day of the week. We see here the letter Zion is very, very prevalent in so many things in the Torah. Let's make it personal now. The letter Zion can look like an X or a sword if you hold it upside down with a cool handle. The word Zion in Hebrew actually means a weapon. The gematria of the actual word Zion, Zion Yud Yud Nun, is 77. Eyes, which means strength, has the same numerical value as the word Zion, 77. What does this mean to us? It means that in our own lives, we need to be warriors, almost as if we're holding a spiritual weapon. Hashem has given us the strength to get through any challenge in our lives, no matter what it is. And no matter how hard it is, imagine yourself as a warrior and you need to keep moving forward no matter what, no matter how hard it is. Hashem will always give us the strength to move forward in everything that we do. Every month has a body part that corresponds to it. The body part for the month of Sivan is the left foot. What do we learn from here? We learn from here that we need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Speech is very important, but at the end of the day, it's really all about action, movement. The element for the month of Sivan is wind. Wind signifies flexibility, where we're not stuck in our preconceived ideas. The Torah has got so many good ideas for us that we need to be able to be flexible and change and move forward, bend, compromise, using the wisdom that we learn from the Torah. The season for the month of Sivan is summer. We know that it is really, really hot outside. This is the month that the heat really kicks in. And while we really cannot change the temperature outside, the only thing that we can do to make ourselves comfortable is to change our own personal situation by either wearing cooler clothes, being in the air conditioner, going in a swimming pool, go to the beach. We need to do the change ourselves. We can't stand outside and yell at the sun to stop shining so hard. 
We can't stand outside and complain how hot it is expecting the weather to just change. We have to remember that if we change ourselves, everything around us will change. We can't look at people in our lives and say, you all need to change in order for me to be happy. It will never work. The same that we look at the sun and say, you need to stop shining so brightly. If we're able to change ourselves and our situation and our circumstances, everything around us will ultimately change. Just like if it's a boiling hot summer day, instead of going and standing and being angry how hot it is, go inside, go to the air conditioner, go to a pool, change your own situation, your own circumstances. The talent or the chush for the month of Sivan is walking. What does this mean? doesn't mean you're good at walking. It me, it's a spiritual concept where it means we are constantly needing to progress and develop and move forward. When a person has the sense of walking, they're always striving to grow. They're always striving to be better, whether it's on a physical level, a spiritual level, an emotional level. They're always working on themselves to be better, to be stronger. The Torah gives us so many tools that we can use to constantly be able to move forward and grow and progress. Without it, we're pretty much going in circles and just kind of passing the time away without meaning. The word halacha is connected to the word halach, walk. There we have it, straight out, moving forward. Halacha isn't here to, to, to limit us. If, if anything, it's the opposite. Halacha is here to help us grow and move forward. Hilchas, laws. Hilechas, walking. They, these, these words are not connected by chance. The Torah really helps us heal ourselves by showing us how to walk forward from whatever situation we've been in. Malachim are unable to walk. Although they're on a higher spiritual level, they can't move forward. We always learn that as humans, we have choice. We have choices which Malachim don't have. And we are able to take these choices and use them to grow more. The Shevet, the tribe for the month of Sivan, is Shevet Zvulan. Zvulan and Yisachar were both born to Leah. They supported each other. It was a beautiful partnership. Yisachar learned Torah. Zvulan supported them financially. They were the businessmen. It's interesting because nowadays most people do business. And we realize that we can really still be religious, good people. We can still elevate the world while still being involved in the world of business. You can make a Kiddush Hashem by being successful. You can give lots of tzedakah. You can use your money for really, really, really good things. Being in business, there are countless ways to connect to your spirituality. On the other hand, the word zvulain within that word is the word zevel. Zevel is garbage. Some things in life cannot be elevated. And we need to know when we've reached that boundary. For example, pig. You can make all the blessings on it in the world. You're not elevating it if you eat it. It's not allowed. There are many things that are just not allowed. And we need to know which things are allowed and which are not. And we shouldn't kid ourselves into thinking, oh, we're elevating it. We're making it more spiritual. Zevul also means residence, a place of residing. 
The Beis HaMikdash was Hashem's residence. It was a place where heaven meets earth. We need to integrate in our lives equal parts material and spiritual wealth and make it a place for Hashem to live each of our own lives. Whatever we do in our lives, whether we're working, whether we're in school, whatever it is we're doing, we need to make sure that we are equal parts elevating our lives around us, making the best of it, bringing spirituality in, doing mitzvahs, inspiring others, inspiring ourselves, and making our lives a place where Hashem is comfortable residing. The mazel for the month of Sivan are Gemini, twins, Ta'imim. This is connected to the two luchais, the two tablets, as well as twins in the Torah. Who do we think of? Esav and Yaakov. Yaakov and Esav represent the Yitzhahara and the Yitzhatov. It's interesting, though, because although one was evil and one was good, it says we need to love Hashem with our entire hearts, which means both sides of our hearts, the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hara. The Ten Commandments, the first five, are love between man and Hashem. This is compared to the Yetzir Tov. The second set of luchos are between man and man. Don't steal, don't kill. These are connected to the Yetzahara. At Harsinai, we received two crowns. We said, Naase Vanishma, we will do and we will hear. A keser in Hebrew is a crown. A crown signifies a divine desire, a desire to create. Everything we create begins with a desire. You have a desire to write a book, you have a desire to build a beautiful home. You have a desire to go travel and see somewhere. We have to always see the final product of our desire in our mind and keep our eye on the prize. We need to keep focused. We need to keep moving. Sivan is that month that gives us the strength to keep moving towards any goal that we have set for ourselves. Every one of us have our own journey in life that we need to keep on doing. Your journey is very different to my journey. Either way, we need to always be moving and growing and moving forward towards whatever goal we've set for ourselves. We can't ever be stagnant because that sense sets us back. The word simcha in Hebrew means happiness. The word tzmicha means growth. The sin and the tzaddik are interchangeable and they are connected. We are happy when we are continuously growing and moving forward. On Shavuos, we received that Sarah said the Ten Commandments. The way that they're set up, you have the first five commandments on one side and the second five on the other side, which means the first commandment is next to the sixth. The second commandment is next to the seventh commandment. Now nothing is by chance, and these are all connected to each other. Let's go through all of them. The first commandment, I am Hashem your God, is connected to the sixth commandment, do not commit murder. Every single human being was created in Hashem's image. By murdering, one is killing an image of Hashem. This shows us how grave this sin is. They're not just murdering a human, they're murdering a being that was created in Hashem's image. The second commandment, you should have no other gods besides Hashem is connected to the seventh commandment. You should not commit adultery. 
worshiping an idol is like committing adultery to Hashem. We are committed to Hashem and Hashem only. By worshiping idols, it is exactly the same thing as committing adultery. We are not being loyal to Hashem. We are straying. The third commandment, you should not say Hashem's name in vain, is connected to the eighth commandment, you should not steal. We think that stealing is just between man and man. One man steals something from another man. No one else is involved. No one else is getting hurt. What we don't realize is this is a crime against Hashem. We are taking Hashem's name in vain because he is, he, he is a part of this entire creation in every single thing we do. And by stealing from one person, it's not just between you and him. It is between you, him, and Hashem. The fourth commandment, keep the Shabbos, is connected to the ninth commandment, bearing false witness. How are these two connected? On Shabbos, we testify that Hashem created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. We are bearing witness to this creation. When we're not keeping Shabbos, we're saying it never happened. Hashem didn't create the world. What do we care? Hashem didn't rest on the seventh day. It's bearing false witness to the fact that Hashem created the world and rested on the seventh day. And lastly, honor your mother and father is connected to the 10th commandment. You should not covet your neighbor. What does this mean? If a person, a parent is always jealous and always looking at other people and what they have, looking at other people's children, look at other people's lives, their children are going to grow up constantly looking at what others have, doing the same thing as their parents. And not just that, instead of honoring their parents, they're going to start honoring other people because you were not that example to them. So ultimately, we need to be complete examples to our children in everything that we do if we want our children to honor us the way they're supposed to be honoring us. I walk into the kitchen one morning and I see my five-year-old son pointing to the Spanish housekeeper. He's pointing to his little Lego creation that he created on the kitchen counter and he's telling her, please no touch. I couldn't stop smiling. He was talking to her in broken English because she speaks Spanish and we don't and that's how we communicate. And I was thinking, wow, kids are just a mirror of us. They don't do as we say, they do as we do and they copy. Shavuos is coming up and we receive the Tyra. Let's receive the Tyra with love and joy and with Hashem's help, our children will follow. Sarah Khan Radcliffe is an amazing parenting advisor and this is a message that she sent out. She said, what you say to your brain matters and based on what you say to your brain, your brain will send out different messages to your body. So we want to be careful with what we are thinking because whatever it is that we're thinking, that is what our brain's message is going to be. So let's be careful what messages we put into our head. Shavuos, we accepted the Torah and now let's accept ourselves. Here is a four-step process to help you work through a challenge or something that's bothering you to free yourself from frustration. So this process is called PIES and it stands for 
It's P-I-E-S. And it stands for physical, intellect, emotional, and spiritual. And this process is basically to help you dis- distinguish what happened and what are your thoughts about what happened. Because it's two separate things. What happened is what actually happened. And then there are your thinking and your thoughts around what happened, which many times turns something into something that's just mundane to something that causes us a lot of frustration. So the P stands for physical. What are the tangible, observable facts that you saw? What did you experience? I is for intellect. What is your thinking? What is your interpretation? What is your belief about the event? What is your mind telling you that is the absolute truth? E is for emotions. What feelings do you have when you live from that belief? How do you feel? And S is for spiritual. What is your deepest desire from that place? What do you want from this feeling? What does that feeling need? So let's give an example. P is physical. What are the tangible, observable facts? A person's son is playing, a little boy, three years old, is playing with water in the sink and getting water everywhere, pouring it everywhere. I is for intellect. What's the mother's thinking, intellect? How is she interpreting the story? What's wrong with me? Why can't I get it together? Why can't I just be a good mother? Why can't the kids listen to me? I told them so many times to stop it. Like, I can't get it together. This kid just doesn't listen and I'm... It's never going to get better. Never going to be able to discipline. E is for emotion. What feelings do you have? What feelings are being generated when you have that belief? That you can't get it together. That they're never going to listen to you. You're frustrated, you're helpless, you're angry. And S is for spiritual. What do you want from this feeling? What does that feeling need? Maybe that feeling wants to be seen, wants to be heard, wants to be listened to. And when you go through those four steps, you start to realize, wait, what just happened? Boy pouring water. Okay, normal behavior. Mother comes and wipes it. That's what actually happened. Poured water, wipe it with a towel. But what ha- what's interesting is what came up for this mother was that she's not seen, she's not heard, no one listens. Those are feelings she had within her that just came up from this experience. And we'll notice many, many times throughout our day, different random experiences happen and feelings come up and we want to acknowledge those feelings. Here's another three-part edition that I like to add, and I call it EVG, explanation, validation, and graduation. So explanation is after this whole thing happened, you can just do a quick explanation of when the kid poured the water, it was so frustrating, and it, you know, it came up for me that no one listens to me. And then you could do validation. I know, it's really, really frustrating when you tell your kid so many times to stop pouring water, and you're constantly running around cleaning up, and it's frustrating when people don't listen, and validate yourself. And then, G, graduation. What do you want to do with this feeling? Do you want to keep it around, that nobody listens to you, and that you're not seen and heard? 
Or do you want to tell yourself, yeah, kids are kids, and kids do those things, and I am seen, and I am heard, and you can even give yourself examples of when you are. And then you ask yourself, would you like to hold on to the story and be frustrated for the rest of the day, or do you want to let it go to graduation and let it go? We can use this technique to clear us from a negative experience, and we can also use this technique to instill more joy and happiness when it's a positive experience. So for example, the P-I-E-S, physical. What did you see? Somebody called you to ask you how you were feeling when you were sick. I, what's your intellect? What's your thinking around it? What's your belief around it? What's your interpretation around it? Wow, it's really nice. I have a lot of people that care about me. That makes me feel very loved and happy. E is emotion. What's your feeling when you walk around with the story that you're loved and cared about and thought about? It makes you feel happy and joyful. And S, spiritual. What do you want from this feeling? You want to own it and you want to really think about it and you want to process it and you want to remind yourself that you are thought of and cared about and appreciated and loved. Raising children is a beautiful bracha. At the same time, it can be very challenging. Rabbi Shays Taub really puts things in perspective. He says, we're not here as parents to get, we're here to give. Of course, we need to teach and teach them to daven and not to steal and brachais and guide them through life. But they're not here for us or for our emotional needs. And if we think that, we miss the point. It poisons our relationships and robs our kids of emotional stability, of having real parents. Our job is to give, not get. It's a one-way street. <laughs> and is it fear? No. Parents who say, well, what about my feelings? What about my needs? I'm also human. He says, I also have that complaint. But ultimately, your relationship with your child is not the place to meet your emotional needs. That's something we need to deal with, with ourselves. Our children, the minute we need something from them, then the relationship goes sour. The ultimate relationship is our relationship with Hashem. And we want to talk to Hashem all day. <laughs> Last week, I took a walk and I had a carriage with me and it was a beautiful walk. And then towards the end of the walk, it was getting very exhausting to push the carriage and I was feeling very tired. And then it started to rain and I said, Hashem, can I ask you a favor? When I get to my block, can you just have someone randomly passing by to help me with the carriage? Because it's really hard to push up and I'm just so tired. And I just kept on asking, Hashem, please, I'm asking you, someone should help me with the carriage when I come. I come close to my block, close to my house, and there's only one person passing that by. And she was an older colored woman. And I said, I'm not going to ask her. As I came close to my house, I stopped so I could breathe before I lift up the heavy carriage. And at that moment, she was passing by my house and she said, would you like help with the carriage? <laughs> and I said, thank you so much. I would never have asked you. And she said, I actually told her what happened. I said, I was taking a walk and I was really tired and I asked God to help me find someone to help me with the carriage. 
and you passed by and you asked me. She was very touched. But um, it's such a simple story, but ask Hashem. Ask Hashem for what you need, and Hashem will help you. There was a beautiful clip going around, and a boy asks his father, he says, Dad, how big is God? And the father tells him to look in the sky, and he sees a plane, and he says, how big is that plane? And he said, the son says, oh, that's very small. Then the father takes the boy to the airport, and he says to the boy, how big is this airplane? And the boy says, oh, it's so huge. And the man says, that's your relationship with Hashem. When you keep Hashem far, then Hashem is very far from you. But when you keep Hashem close, then Hashem is very close to you. We're coming up to Shavuos, and on Shavuos we receive the Torah. This week, Perak Perkayavos, Perak Vav, it says, "Gold and silver is all very nice, but at the end of the day, learning Torah." connects us to Hashem, and it's the only thing that lasts. And that's what we really want. We want to connect to Hashem and do Torah mitzvahs and spend our days doing things that are going to last and take us, take it with us to the world to come. There's a beautiful story of a country who had a very interesting uh, minhag. Once a year, they used to have, elect a new king. The king was always a foreigner, and they got to be king for one year. But they didn't tell the king one thing, that when his year is up, he doesn't get to take anything. So many of the kings came, and they used to spend their days, you know, bringing in all these valuable things into their palace and make it beautiful, and spent the year trying to build a reputation of fame and respect. And then when the year was up, that's it. They left empty-handed. They went back to their poor life. But there was one man who found the secret about what happens when he leaves, that he won't be able to take anything. So what did he do? He spent that year taking anything valuable from the country and sending it out. He didn't spend his year trying to get fame and respect. He just spent his year trying to secure himself a place for when he leaves. And this is just a muscle. We could spend our days trying to, you know, have all the fancy things in this world, but we can't take it with us. When we do Tyra and Mitzvahs, that's something that connects us closer to Hashem, and we can take it with us to the world to come. So, we don't want to waste our time on temporary things. We want to take our time and use it wisely while we're here. In the book, Teachings of the Rebbe Achenach, the Rebbe talks about how important it is for every single child, including the babies, to come to Shul and hear the Aserah Sadebrais. And the Rebbe says, why is it so important? 